Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead. Service family members, my beloved, <clears throat> this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House family devotional reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Treasury of David. This is episode number 151. Oh yes. In the words of Jackie Gleason, how sweet it is. As I have already told you, as a prophet, as an evangelist, as a gospel preacher, you don't preach like God has given me the privilege to preach. Excuse me. And not have a whole bunch of enemies. Okay? So, for the record, do not be surprised if you don't hear something negative about Daniel White III going down or going up in the very near future. Don't be shocked <clears throat> because over the years because of the preaching that God has had me to do I have made many enemies. First of all you do need to know and understand and you, uh, you should already understand this and have this idea in your mind about our family. There is a demonic spirit of Judas in the world. And there is a demonic spirit of Judas and betrayal that I believe is in my wife and in her line of the family that has come down not only through my wife uh, and uh, but even in some of my children. I have a child with my wife that I even called Judas while I had to because he had the same spirit of his mother and uh, uh, a Judas spirit of trying to hinder the ministry for some reason. And it was not, just like it is not really her, 
is not really him. That's why uh, we were we were able to stay together as a couple and as a family because I never saw it as them doing it, but that demonic spirit of Judas. It doesn't matter where it came from. I've never seen it in my family, but I have seen it in my wife. And I didn't know what it was in the beginning. But I came off the road because my wife was not taking good care of my first child with her. I, I traveled all over the world before I met her, which she knew, and I was going to continue to do so. We would be very rich people now if I had done that because it was nothing to go speak in one meeting and get a love offering of a thousand dollars back in that's back in the day back in the 80s but I came off the road and, and I, I, but I was going to continue to preach and so I started a church and uh, I would have her to do the program and stuff like that and I would proofread it what she presented to me before she printed it and then the next day she had changed the numbers on the songs, on the hymns, and changed some words, put misspellings in it, and so forth. And she did this repeatedly. And until I realized that she was doing it on purpose to try to hinder the services. And uh, uh, I didn't know, I, I had never experienced that before. And I thought she would be happy that we were starting a church, and from all indications, she was. But for some reason, she did things to try to sabotage and hinder these services. And then, uh, as I told you, I had a child who did the same thing <coughs> uh, when he got older. And uh, so, don't be shocked that the devil won't even use a family member or two or three family members to try to uh, cause a problem for me. Maybe because they have friends who are homosexuals and they're influencing them or whatever. Uh, I know my daughter is in a church where the pastor believes, like Andy Stanley, that homosexuals ought to be uh, a part of the church, ought to be members in the church, and uh, and they're young, they're young people, and so there's no telling how they can be influenced by uh, other people in their church who believe that demonic foolishness. And uh, I'll say this to you. That's uh, the three groups that I've made many enemies with. First, uh, outside of family members, my greatest enemies are in the church. They are pastors who are preach what they call is a nice word that they use very deceptive inclusive well we should have been inclusive for the past 2,000 years 
And we are inclusive. The church is inclusive because it belongs to Jesus Christ. And homosexuals can attend as they are. But they cannot become members of the church just like an adulterer and an adulteress can't become members of the church. But that's where the homosexuals got you, church, because you have half of your uh, couples in the church are divorced and remarried. So you don't have any, as far as they're concerned, you don't have a leg to stand on. So my greatest enemies are in my own household. My greatest enemies are in the church. Pastors who believe this demonic foolishness and they're very persistent. And I'm afraid some of them are homosexuals, secret homosexuals on the down low with the wife to hide behind so that they can keep their pastorate. And I have been preaching against these hypocrites for years and they hate my guts. And they will even try to tinker with my family to try to uh, cause a problem. And then, uh, so I have family members who have been demonically influenced to try to turn against me. Now, see, in this day and time, in our sweet evangelical, Christian, charismatic, Methodist, Presbyterian, uh, you know, you are not to have any problems like that if you're doing God's will. Well, in the words of Bishop Daniel White, Jr., my dad, who is in heaven, uh, right now, that is ass backwards and is not biblical. From Genesis to Revelation, the prophets of God have been uh, put in jail for no reason, turned on by their families, put in straits and predicaments uh, were targeted for persecution and were even killed. Now that's, read your Bible and you don't have to read much and you'll see that. Moses, the great prophet of God, family members turned against him, church members turned against him, that's way back. That's just the way it is. It comes with the territory when you're used by God like that. But there's something deep down in a prophet of God that no matter what happens, we're not turning away from God and we're not turning away from God's word. And so if you must hate me, hate me, you must. You just have to hate me. So not only do I have some family members who have turned against me, church folk, church pastors who have turned against me and who hate my guts, the other group are church pastors' wives, not for the homosexual uh, preaching uh, that I do against, 
the preaching against homosexuality, they hate me because I believe in the biblical principle that men are in charge in the family and in the church, and the woman is not. And they hate my guts, and they are trying their best to twist uh, the mind of one of my daughters and trying to twist uh, our family to turn against me and uh, to try to stop me. And they, they thought they could do it by just, you know, hating me and having other people telling other people not to listen to me and stuff like that. I have not. And see, when, if you understood a prophet kind of a guy called by God, that's going to make him preach even harder against it because he knows he's, he's, uh, he's right. For you to fight it so hard. Some women thought I would be shocked that two certain women would be preaching at a Bible-based conference that honors the great Dr. Lois Evans. I'm not. I'm happy to see one. I'm not too sure about the other. But that doesn't phase me. That's that's on you all. I have uh, family members. Can you imagine a mother-in-law and a auntie, her, her mother-in-law's sister, coming as a team? after they didn't do anything for their grandchildren, could, could have had an opportunity to, to even raise their grandchildren at one point, a long time ago. But now that they hear, they're hearing that I'm preaching the truth regarding women and about my wife, want to try to turn the hearts of my children that I raised by myself against me and trying to get my wife to leave me. That's some satanic foolishness. They tried to pull that stunt and <clears throat> they were shocked that my wife was not hearing it at all. Satanic and demonic. And so don't be shocked if you hear a report that uh, Daniel White the third is dead all of a sudden. Then I made many other enemies. Because I've called them out as false prophets and false pastors. Andy Stanley. Haven't, I have no regrets over that. Otis Moss III. Popular young pastors. Quite frankly full of hell and the devil. Leading the church. 
to adopt homosexuality into the church, homosexual marriage in the church, as members singing in the choir, leading the choir, in the pulpit. Oh, well, preacher, don't you know that there were homosexuals in the choir before all of this? Yes, I know that. But they were in the closet, and they knew better. And the church should have kept them in the closet. And they could have. They chose not to. Because I'm convinced that some of these preachers are homo secret homosexuals themselves. Now, this is my opinion. You could like it or lump it. I'm going to say it tonight. I know it's going to shock the world. I believe it is my opinion that Andy Stanley is a secret homosexual. That's what I believe. That's my opinion. I hope that's not the case. But for him to be so persistent in trying to make the church accept this, and uh, uh, and trying to get pastors to buy into this. There's something wrong. And the homosexual community, they, want, they not only want you to accept homosexuals and drag queens to be in the nursery with your children. That's next. It, it has already happened. They, they're trying to make this a real thing. Well, they're going to demand a homosexual drag queen. Don't bow your head yet. It's not time to pray. Huh? Do you hear me? In the nursery, in the Sunday school, teaching your children the Bible. Look at me real good. They already got, got your children in the library. And in the school, these monsters, you talk about Halloween, this is Halloween every day. With these men dressed up as women. If you're not upset about that and angry about that, you have never been born again. You're not saved. You don't know Jesus yourself. And some of you people taking your children to see these devils. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. I, I mean, even you lost people, you, know, you got better sense than that. So don't be shocked, my beloved, that Daniel White III is dead, killed by the evangelical mafia, who want me to be quiet. And, or in jail with some trumped up charges created by the devil and Judas's to look legit because it may come from my own friends and family members. Don't be shocked. And, and I'm not even worried about you believing it. <laughs> I have no concern about that at all. One time my wife 
lied on me and tried to cause a problem as many years ago and nobody believed it. I didn't say any, I, 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 I didn't say a word about it publicly you know why because nobody believed her and it all backfired on her and God put her in jail and she never forgot it that's another reason why she's still here no, don't what's that passage touch not God's anointed and do not their prophets any harm <laughs> a big fat lady stepped aside my petite wife and said do you want that food you have right there in your lap and my wife said no you can have it oh I, she said I thought so okay, she took it from me she, by the grace of God, she hadn't done that again. Okay, so don't be shocked by that. I, and, and why am I telling you this? I'm doing the same thing, and I am nowhere near Jesus. But I'm doing this. I'm, I'm following his model. He predicted and told you what was going to happen. He told the, his disciples what was going to happen. They were going to arrest me and crucify me and this, that, and other, and they couldn't believe it. He told them that one of the reasons why he told them that, he told them that is because he, he, he wants them to know that I'm still Jesus. When that happens, I'm going to still be Jesus. I'm still the Son of God. So don't be shocked by these things. Don't don't lose your faith like some of them did. They scattered. Okay, but but but, and I'm nowhere near Jesus. So it's not it's not even about that right there. I'm just letting you know that's the model I'm following. And when I am falsely accused after preaching, like I have been preaching as a prophet for the past seven uh, to twelve years now. Seven every day, almost, almost seven years every day, and then other all the preaching between the seven and the twelve. I'm not going to be shocked. I don't want you to be shocked when you hear that Daniel White the Third was arrested. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be shocked at it at all. I already know where all my enemies are. The false evangelical mafia would love to kill me. The homosexuals have tried to kill me. And uh, so don't be shocked if I'm dead and I'll be in a better place. That's why I'm playing the song, I'll Fly Away. That's why I play the song I'll Fly Away. God may fly away any time. Through death, through the rapture, or whatever. And don't be shocked if you hear. And by the way, for those of you who read BC1, the article has already been written. By me and with the help of my son Daniel Ezekiel. What I'm telling you now has already been written. 
so it's not it's not even going to be a, a, a big scandal because nobody's going to believe it. I already know that. I'm not worried about it. And 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 that if I got if I have to go to jail for no reason, I, I'm gonna be glad to do it. It's gonna be a vacation to me. As long as they put me in a private cell somewhere. And uh, I'm just going to write my memoirs and pray and fast and read the Bible and rejoice in Jesus. So I, I'm telling you up front, ahead of time, uh, I would not be shocked by that. I've been dealing with the Judas, the satanic Judas spirit for 34 years since I met my wife. And, and, and it passes on, stuff like that passes on to your children. It is a spirit of demonic betrayal. You say, aren't you going to be hurt if the, your, your children uh, was the proverbial heifer that they plowed with? No. Uh, I'm unhurtable because I'm dead, man. That's why I preach the way I preach, because I'm already dead. So it is, you can't do anything to me. I'm already dead. It's Jesus, man, who's putting that in my heart to do and say. The things that I have predicted, the things that I have prophesied, that's not me. That's God. Only God can tell you stuff in advance. And see, beloved, it is wrong. It would be wrong of me to prophesy about the Queen of England, to prophesy about President Obama, to prophesy about President Trump, to prophesy to President Biden, and to prophesy about what's going on in Andy Stanley's home and life, to prophesy about what's going on in Otis Moss III's life, and to say these things publicly and to address Ed Stetzer and to encourage uh, Russell Moore to step up and to step in about stuff that I don't know the conversation they have had. I do not understand their theology, but I believe that uh, he's a good man and he's going to do the right thing to, to uh, address, to predict stuff about uh, the downfall of uh, Hillsong Pastor Houston, a man that I lovingly tried to tell to resign at least six, seven, eight times before he had to resign. Uh, and uh, I'm doing that now with T.D. Jakes. Where does that come from? Where does the authority come from? Is it really arrogancy or authority? Just, I just told T.D. Jakes with the greatest confidence that they're going to do it. I have no doubt about it. Uh, I know I have no doubt about what I'm saying. I just told T.D. Jakes and Joel Osteen they need to sit John Gray down. It would be wrong for me to deal with all of that and not predict to you what the prophecy, the prophecy that God gave me about myself and my own family. Now, this is before I announced, I mean, I didn't know anything going on. God told me. And it has nothing to do with my announcement that I would like to move away from this country. 
I would like to move away from this country that I love very much because I love Aldi, I love H-E-B, I love even the Kroger's in my neighborhood, and I love Walmart in my neighborhood, and I love Trader Joe's, Trader Joe's that right down the road. I love Whole Foods. You understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh, yes. I love Specs. That's right. Uh-huh, yes, that's right. I love uh, the Fit Vine Wine. Yes, I do. Uh-huh. I love that with my food. I can't find it right now. Fit Vine, you need to do something. Yes, I love all of these things, and where I will move to, I probably can't get all of these. In fact, I know I will not be able to have them. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I love America, son. I've been to all, all, I've been to many countries in the world. Don't tell me. And I love where I live at. I'm preaching on the side of a hill. I love it. It's the quietest place in the world. And it's in America. Huh? We go out at any time of the day. We don't see anybody. Go out at night. Don't see anybody. Thank God we don't have neighbors who like to sit outside and gossip and talk and look at you. No, no. We have, we, they, they're just like we are. Introverted people. We love everybody. We're not mad. We'll help you if you need help. Peaceful and quiet. I don't want to move. I love it here. Well, now, now that Daniel White III, now that you are going into another phase in your life, the emptiness, I mean, couldn't you do uh, fulfill your dream now of serving as a, a, a chaplain in the Veterans Hospital? Yes, I can. The jobs are more plentiful now. You know why? Because the, many of the doctors and nurses have died. The chaplains and doctors and nurses have died at the Veterans Hospital. So I can get a job. I have no problem with that. At, at the Veterans Hospital, getting paid $110,000 a year, thereabouts. Be great to get paid to pray for people and to visit people and to encourage people and to lead people to Jesus. The problem is, my friends, the problem is I am not calling a man by a woman's name. I'm not calling him or her by her pronouns that she or he chooses that God did not choose. I'm not doing that. And if I don't do that, they're not going to hire me or they're going to fire me as soon as I say I'm not doing it. That's how this system has been uh, defiled. And that's across the board my friends. Professorships. These are legacy jobs. Chaplaincy. Professorships. Stuff like that. Being the CEO of a company. Sitting on a board. I, I can't tell you how many times I'm getting uh, uh, invitations to sit on a board and to uh, become a chaplain and all of that. And get paid big money. But the money don't mean anything to me. I can't do that. <laughs> no, sir, no, ma'am. I'm not going to do that. Some of y'all want to do that. Some of you sweet Christians want to do that. You sweet evangelists, go ahead. I'm not doing that. I don't want to be a part of it. I'm not going to be a part of that abomination and that lie. 
And let me say something to Lytton, Mr. Lytton, right now. I want, to just, I want you to understand now. Uh, do not try to put Dr. Tony Evans in your mess that you got going on with Andy Stanley and, and, and Greer. Because he's not, he's not, it's not that he doesn't love you, but I'm telling you to your face, he's not going to do that. He can't. It's not about him, it's about the God in him, and it's about all of the word that God put in him. Because as soon as you start talking crazy like that, verses be coming up in his mind. It's automatic. It's flowing. You know how those little things used to flutter when we had Periscope? Just like that. He'd be checking out. He's checking out. As soon as you try to pull that mess, man. So I'm trying to save you some time. But anyway, my beloved, don't be shocked. Don't be surprised. I don't know anything about it. Uh, as far as any records, I have not received any letters. Or <clears throat> I have some family members who are extremely quiet all of a sudden. who They're not as communicative as they used to be for some reason. And normally when, when that's the case, there's something brewing. But I say with the Beatles, let it be. And we'll see what God's going to do about it. And I want to say to my family members, don't do anything that will permanently damage your relationship. Permanently damage. On your end. Not on my end. On your end. You, you, you'll be so ashamed, as you should be right now. So whatever is the plot, whatever is... Uh, the little uh, attack or persecution that you're trying to do. If I were you, I would call it off. Call it off now. Don't do stuff that's going to hurt you for the rest of your life and hurt your life. Don't do anything, most of all, that's going to offend God. And, and, and then God's going to take his blessings off of you. And do not think he won't, because he, he, he has and he will. All right. We're at one of our favorite uh, segments in the long-running uh, standing between the living and the dead. You say, Preacher, how do you know it's our favorite? I can tell by the statistics how that you love this, you love this segment the treasury of David you love it and I love it too we're at Psalm 17 1 hear the right O Lord attend unto my cry give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips
Hear the right, O Lord. He that has the worst cause makes the most noise. Hence the oppressed soul is apprehensive that its voice may be drowned and therefore pleads in this one verse for a hearing no less than three times. The troubled heart craves for the ear of the great judge of the universe, persuaded that with him to hear is to redress. If our God could not or would not hear us, our state would be deplorable. And that is so true, indeed. And yet some professors set such small store by the mercy seat that God does not hear them for the simple reason that they neglect to plead. As well have no house if we persist like gypsies in living in the lanes and commons. As well have no mercy seat as be always defending our own cause and never going to God about it and let God defend you. Do you know when down throughout my life when I have allowed God to fight my battles he caused me to always win always now, if you're guilty of something and you know you did wrong, you need to admit it and confess it. And then God will, he'll cause you to win there too. If you come clean, see. And this is something that I've told my wife for years. You have to stop lying. You destroy trust by lying and being dishonest and deceitful. And, and therefore, you always want to fight your battles. You always want to defend yourself. And you, you never can have any peace or any joy by doing so. And this is a part, some of the reasons why I know that she's not saved. Because she has no faith in God, no trust in God. She's never allowed God to fight one battle. for her and so therefore she doesn't know the victory that God can give yes right even if your husband is wrong even against him God can win all the battles for right against wrong It doesn't matter. See, God has no respect of persons. And I say to you wives, have faith in God. That's what Jesus told you to do. Because, see, if you have faith in God, and you're trusting in Him, then you can be obedient to the Lord and submit to your husband. And if your husband is wrong, God can. God is the only one who can influence and control your husband. You can't. That's not your place. And if you can, then you're Jezebel.
God did not put you in the place of himself over your husband. It's God, sweetheart, Jesus, sweetheart, and then your husband, sweetheart, and then you. And if you want to be over somebody, be over your children. That's it. Uh, I don't care if you like it or not. See, that's why I'm in trouble. Because, see, I am messing up. I'm upsetting the, the, the cart too much. I'm messing up what the sweet evangelical pastors and Pharisees and Sadducees have been told by their Jezebel wives to teach and to preach. And that's why some of the pastors are mad at me because they can't get out of the mess because uh, their Jezebel their wife has control over them and they're mad at me because I won't leave it alone and the Jezebel wife is mad at them because they won't stop me and they're not going to stop me because they know I'm right. And they're sick and tired of the Jezebel wives running people away from the church with their foolishness. See? Treachery. I, I mentioned something to you all last night. Only, uh, listen to me, listen to me, listen, listen to me. Only women do this little mess like this. I don't know what possessed my wife. My wife, um, Mother-in-law came and surprised us and so forth. It was not a good surprise. No, no, uh, you know that. A mother-in-law surprise is a curse. You, you don't want that. No man wants that. No woman wants that. But be that as it may, my wife came in and, and, and told me everything that was said. Supposedly, she volunteered the information. But she did not tell me that she told our daughter, our first daughter, she did not recognize her. Where in the hell did that come from? And when I say where in the hell, I'm talking about where in the, in the devil meant. Where from where the devil's going to reside did that come from? For a mother to fix her mouth to say that. You say, well, why are you bringing that up? I'm bringing that up that that's some womanly mess right there that I don't know anything about. She didn't tell me about that. My daughter had to tell me that her mother, when I went to visit her a few days ago to her house, my, with a broken up face, my daughter told me that her mother told her, um, I, oh, I didn't even recognize you. What? I, that's some demonic womanly mess from hell. She didn't tell me that. And I'm bringing that up because there are pastors who are sick and tired of their wives doing that demonic womanly stuff to other women in the church. Their sisters, their daughters in the church saying little slick things. You've seen it on television? Wickedness. Sisters do it to sisters. Let me help you now. Let me, let me get real with you. Let me get real with you now. Okay? You know what I'm talking about. I can't twist my head like you can, but you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's disgusting. That's why they should not be in leadership. They run women away from the church because they're envious, because they're jealous. Uh, and, and listen to me. Watch this. Watch this. I thank God my oldest daughter is, is willing to help her sisters. And I, I, I hope that she has a plan to help them quickly and get them on out of her house. Because that doesn't work. 
even among my sweet daughters. I asked my daughter how's, uh, uh, how's the uh, Nita, my, my, how, how are they doing? I've asked them this all the time, and it's never good. They, it's never good. They really don't get along as they should. And I told my other daughters who were going, that's what's going to happen. And you're going to find yourself pretty much on your own and by yourself. Because of how you all are. Like you got parts of your mother in you. You got some of your mother in you. Prideful, stubborn, rebellious, mean, hateful, can snap each other up. And stuff that most women do, I, I, could, not be, I could not deal with. I'm not going to deal with that. That's why I'm going to be over you, and I'm going to tell you, y'all cut that mess out. I'm not going to be in the middle of that. And no husband, no father ought to be in the middle of that foolishness. No pastor ought to be in the middle of that foolishness. There are women who are hurt and who have left the church because of the pastor's wife. Some snide remark. The pastor don't even know about it. Girl, did I see you in that dress about three weeks ago? With a smile, it was probably as a backhanded uh, 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 compliment. It looks good, but I, didn't you have it on three weeks ago, too? Just like that, bam. And then she goes and tells somebody else, it's a mess. Pastors, hear me well. Keep your wife out of the business of the church. She needs to be taking care of you and your children and shut you deal with the members. She can be with you if there's a woman involved, but she's not a co-pastor. You'd be better off with Big Mama. Let Big Mama come in there. She, she's already had 15 children, raised them, and, and, and she's content, and she's retired, and, and, and she's only concerned about her Social Security check coming in on time. Okay, let her come in and, and listen to the women lie. And she can help you. Because Big Mama said, that ain't about nothing. Don't pass it, don't even pay that any attention. She, she ain't, she, uh, that she's lying on her husband. She need to go home and take care of her husband, take care of her. Don't you get near that because she's trying to get you. Well, uh, Big Mama, she didn't say she was trying to get me. I know she didn't say it. I'm telling you, boy. I mean, Pastor. <laughs> Anyway, my beloved, <clears throat> allow me to move on. Let me move on. There is more fear that we will not hear the Lord than that the Lord will not hear us. Go ahead, Spurgeon. Go ahead. That's all I can say. Hear the right. It is well if our case is good in itself and can be urged as a right one, for right shall never be wronged by our righteous judge, judge, go ahead Spurgeon. But if our suit be marred by our infirmities, it is a great privilege that we may make mention of the righteousness of our Lord Jesus, which is ever prevalent on high. Right has a voice which Jehovah always hears. 
And if my wrongs clamor against me with great force and fury, I will pray the Lord to hear that still louder and mightier voice of the right and the rights of his dear son. Hear, O God, the just one. That is, hear the Messiah is a rendering adopted by Jerome and admired by Bishop Horsley. Whether correct or not as a translation, it is proper enough as a plea. Let the dear brothers and sisters in Christ plead it at the throne of the righteous God, even when all other arguments are unavailing. Attend unto my cry. This shows the vehemence and earnestness of the petitioner. He is no mere talker. He weeps and laments. Who can resist a cry? A real hearty, bitter, piteous cry uh, might almost melt a rock. There can be no fear of its prevalence and with our Heavenly Father. A cry is our earliest utterance and in many ways the most natural of human sounds. If our prayer should like the infant's cry be more natural than intelligent and more earnest than elegant, go ahead Spurgeon, it will be none the less eloquent. Go ahead Spurgeon. Oh God, I tell you. Woo! Mm, 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 mm. Doctor. You're too much. That's an old saying that I learned from my dad and my mom. When you when you really got it going on, people just say you're too much. You're too much. That's an old saying. There is a mighty power in a child's cry to prevail with a parent's heart. Give ear unto my prayer. Some repetitions are not vain. The reduplication here used is neither superstition nor tautology. Go ahead, Spurgeon, because I don't even know what you're talking about now. But it's like the repeated blow of a hammer hitting the same nail on the head to fix it the more effectually, or the continued knocking of a beggar at the gate who cannot be denied an alms or some bread, and I'm adding some bread, that goeth not out of feigned lips. Sincerity is a sin qua non in prayer. Go ahead, Spurgeon, you're using Latin on us in a devotional. Lips of deceit are detestable to man and much more to God. Amen, Spurgeon. Amen. In intercourse so hallowed as that of prayer, hypocrisy, even in the remotest degree, is as fatal as it is foolish. Go ahead, Dr. Spurgeon. Hypocritical piety is double iniquity. Go ahead, Mr. Spurgeon. He who would feign and flatter had better try his craft with a fool like himself. My, my, my. 
for to deceive the all-seeing one, God Almighty, and I'm adding God Almighty, is as impossible as to take the moon in a net, go ahead Spurgeon, or to lead the sun into a snare. Mm, mm, mm. My friends, you won't find uh, this kind of writing in most of our Christian bookstores today unless you find Spurgeon. He would, rather, he who would deceive God is himself already most grossly deceived. You might as well tell the truth to God as I've always said to you. Tell God the truth. He already knows it. Our sincerity in prayer has no merit in it any more than the earnestness of a, a mendicant in the street. But at the same time, the Lord has regard to it. Through Jesus, and will not long refuse his ear to an honest and fervent petitioner or prayer. Glory be to God. Amen to Jesus. Amen to the word of God. And go ahead, Spurgeon. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you so much for this magnificent time together around your holy word. We give you the glory, the praise, and the honor for what you have done here so far today. We pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, and your anointing to preach your holy gospel and your holy word and to do the family segment. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Now, dear friend, thank you for listening to the White House family reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Treasury of David. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, here's how you can be saved from hell and walk with the Lord throughout this life and in the life to come. In that wonderful place called heaven, First, dear friend, accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's law. The Holy Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty for sin. The Holy Bible states in Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Third, dear friend, accept the fact that you are on the road to hell right now as I speak. Jesus Christ said in Matthew 18, 8, Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. 
Also, the Bible states in Revelation 21.8, But the fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Now, dear friend, that is all very bad news. But here's the good news. I have some good news for you. It is called the gospel. Gospel means good news. Jesus Christ said in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So just believe in your heart, my dear friend, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart that Jesus Christ paid your sin debt, that you owe God. Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins as the sacrificial Passover lamb of God for the sins of the whole world. Jesus Christ went through hell and went to hell for you so that you would not have to go to hell. He was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God for you and for me and for everybody so that we can live eternally with him in heaven. He did it for you and me. He did it for us. Pray and ask him to come into your heart today to save your soul, and he will save you. Romans 10, 9, and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what, you ask? Saved from hell, saved to what, you ask, saved to heaven to be with God and to be with Jesus Christ and to be with the angels and the saints of God forever. My dear friend, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose from the dead uh, by the power of God, Trust in him today. Believe in the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ today. And uh, in your heart. And please pray with me this simple prayer called the sinner's prayer, which should be a reflection of your heart, of what you want to say to God since you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner and I have done some bad things in my life in your sight. I am sorry for my sins and today I believe in you, Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Father God, for Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon me 
and please forgive me of all of my sins. Please forgive me of all of my failures and my faults, as I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried, and rose from the dead by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and save my soul from the hell that I deserve and save my soul to the heaven that I don't deserve. Please fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of my sins and to turn from my evil ways and to follow you in the new life, Lord Jesus. For it is in your holy name I do pray, amen. Now, dear friend, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day, allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Dear friend, if you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, please email me at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want to send you. If you have a proper request, please email that to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you real good is my prayer.